1: Today is February 10th, 2022. Welcome to the Tormont 4th Quarter and Full Year 2021 Results Conference Call. Please be advised that this call is being recorded. Your host for today will be Mr. Michael McMillan, Chief Financial Officer for Tormont Industries Limited. Please go ahead, Mr. McMillan.
2: Great. Thank you, Eric. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today to discuss Torremont's results for the 4th Quarter and Full Year of 2021. Joining me this morning is Scott Medhurst, President and Chief Executive Officer. For those on the phone lines, we encourage you to log into our webcast and refer to our website as well, as it features our quarterly slide deck, including slide two containing Tormont's advisory and cautionary statements regarding forward looking information and statements therein. After our prepared remarks, we will be more than happy to answer questions. So let's get started. Over to you, Scott.
3: Thank you, Mike, and good morning, everyone. Before I begin, I would ask you move to slide three. The company delivered solid results in the fourth quarter and full year of 2021, reflective of our focus on operational execution and favorable operating leverage, including the benefit of ongoing integration and alignment of our dealership territory across eastern Canada. The equipment group reported strong product sport deliveries, while rental activity and fleet utilization improved. However, pandemic and macroeconomic factors continue to influence customer buying patterns and affect prime product and parts availability. SIMCO revenues increased year over year on strong package deliveries as construction on industrial projects progressed. Product support activity continued in the equipment group dampened somewhat by pandemic and supply chain related factors. We continue to leverage the learnings from the past two years with respect to cost structures and new ways to do business, while maintaining focus on customer service and support. Current backlog levels are healthy and supportive of future results, however, the global supply chain, including vendor production, continues to be challenged. Product availability, prime equipment, components and parts were affected in Q4, and we will likely continue to see shifts in delivery schedules. Inflationary pressures, anticipated interest rate changes, and pandemic related developments are also being monitored closely. Technician hiring remains a key priority and is essential to support the growing demand for our product support and project construction business. Turning now to the financial results highlighted on slide four. End markets continue to be active with solid bookings in most market segments. We are particularly pleased to see some recovery starting in the recreational market as facilities began to open for the winter season. As mentioned, total backlogs were healthy at $1.3 billion at year-end, reflective of customer buying patterns influenced by the pandemic and macroeconomic factors and supply challenges which have been overshadowing normal seasonality. In the fourth quarter, the Equipment Group reported lower revenues similarly reflecting the impact of the pandemic and macroeconomic factors. Some purchases were accelerated earlier in the year, while others were shifted into 2022. Simco also reported lower revenues in the quarter on the timing of construction projects, with a tough comparable last year. Consolidated revenues decreased 4% in the quarter versus last year. Despite the lower revenue, operating income was up 17% in the fourth quarter Reflecting higher gross margins, strong demand, improved rental fleet utilization, and a favorable sales mix. Discipline focused on cost containment and operational efficiency continued to support results. The strong start to the year, revenues increased 12% on a full year basis compared to 2020. A solid opening order backlog and strong demand resulted in improved equipment and package revenues up 18%. While product support and rental revenues also increased. For the full year, operating income increased 28% compared to 2020, reflecting improved revenues and higher overall gross margin. Revenue growth exceeded growth in expenses, resulting from the team's discipline focused on improved efficiencies and cost management. Net earnings increased 19% in the quarter versus a year ago and was up 31% for the full year, tracking the higher activity levels and positive operating leverage. Our team has expended incredible effort, dedication, and commitment over the last two years, adapting to a rapidly changing business environment while maintaining focus on employee safety and executing on customer deliverables. We thank them for their resiliency and dedication. The diversity of our business, extensive product and service offerings, technology investments, and financial strength, together with our disciplined operating culture, continue to position us well for the future. Mike, I'll turn it over to you for some more detailed comments on the group results. Thanks, Scott. Let's dig a little deeper with respect to the operating results,
2: starting with the equipment group found on slide five. The Equipment Group delivered strong operating income growth in the fourth quarter despite lower revenues, reflective of the operating leverage of our business model. The last quarter of the year has historically been the strongest for the Equipment Group. However, the impact of the pandemic over the past two years, and more recently, supply chain challenges, has disrupted this trend. Delivery schedules have been altered based on customer requirements, with some pull forward earlier in the year and some being shifted to 22. Equipment group revenues were down 3% in the quarter versus last year with equipment revenue down 12% reflecting that change in normal seasonality that I just described. Rental revenues increased 12% on higher activity levels across most areas and we continue to see improved utilization of our fleet. Product support revenues increased 4% in the quarter as activity continued to improve. Our shops and field technicians were more active in Q4 than last year and slightly above 2019 pre-pandemic levels overall. Gross profit margins increased 330 basis points in the quarter compared to 2020. Sales mix accounted for almost one-third of the increase, or 100 basis points, with a larger proportion of product support revenues to total revenues. Equipment, product support, and rental margins were all higher in the quarter reflective of continued focus on efficiency and productivity, higher fleet utilization, and tight supply conditions. Selling and administrative expenses increased 1% in the quarter. Expenses in 21 include a 5 million charge for the settlement of defined benefit pension obligations for certain retirees. Excluding this and the government wage subsidies recorded in 2020, expenses were down 8.3 million, or 8% in the quarter, reflecting the benefit of a continued focus on cost containment, more than offsetting, increases for items such as increased headcount, compensation adjustments, and some selective return to travel and training to support our teams. Operating income for the quarter was up 18%, reflective of the higher gross margins and operating leverage. For the full year, the equipment group reported an 11% increase in revenues and a 30% increase in operating income compared to 2020, which was dampened by the pandemic, of course, and related regional restrictions in response. Equipment sales, product support, and rental activity were higher across most geographic markets and product groups, most notably construction and mining. Equipment sales were up 17% overall, with improved demand in end markets. However, use sales were lower year-over-year again demonstrating the strong customer preference last year during the early stages of the pandemic. Rental revenues increased 8% year-over-year on higher fleet utilization, and product support revenues increased 6%, reflective of improved activity levels. Gross profit margins increased 130 basis points year-over-year. Equipment, product support, and rental margins were higher for the same reasons as mentioned for the quarter. Sales mix dampened gross profit on a full year basis due to unfavorable sales mix in the first nine months of the year with a lower percentage or ratio of product support revenues to total. Selling and administrative expenses increased 2% for the year. When excluding the pension settlement in 2021 and the government wage subsidies recorded in 2020 noted earlier. The team's focus on efficiency, productivity, and cost containment has had a positive impact while spending was selectively increased to support activity levels and certain investments as appropriate. Operating income for the year increased 30% on higher revenues and good expense levels. Bookings have maintained a healthy pace over the year, increasing 10% in the quarter and 58% year-over-year. Construction up 66% and power markets up 55% have been stronger compared to the lower economic activity level experienced in 2020. Additionally, several large mining orders in the early part of 2021 led to a 228% increase in mining bookings for the year. Backlogs ended 2021 at a healthy level, as Scott mentioned, at $1.1 billion for the equipment group, more than double than than this time last year, with increases across all sectors. We expect approximately 85% of this backlog to be delivered in 2022. However, this is subject to changes in equipment availability, delivery schedules, and specific customer requirements. Now let's turn to Simcoe on slide six. Revenues in the fourth quarter were lower with package revenues down 11% and product support down 1%. Package revenues can be variable from quarter to quarter, reflecting the timing of customers' construction schedules can also be impacted by larger project commissioning. We are also seeing some equipment supply issues and customer delays, which have shifted some schedules during the year. We did see order levels improve in Q4 relative to 2020, up 31.4 million, and also sequentially from Q3 2021, a positive sign reflective of market activity. We are pleased to see improvements in the recreational markets as some facilities have begun to open up after a lengthy pandemic shutdown. Gross margins improved on good execution, improved package margins, and favorable sales mix with a higher proportion of product support revenue to total. Selling and administrative expenses increased 2.3 million, or 19% in the quarter, with some specific items driving this. Bad debt expense increased 1.3 million quarter-over-quarter on some specific allowances. Additionally, last year, benefited from the government subsidies of approximately $600,000, which were not repeated in 2021. Compensation was higher as we continue to hire and other investments to support activity levels for future growth. Overall, operating income improved 10% in the quarter, primarily related to improved gross margins partially offset by expenses as noted. On a full-year basis, Simco reported solid results. A strong opening backlog supporting Simco revenues in 2021, up 15% overall as construction progressed and projects were completed. Year-over-year package revenues led by industrial deliveries were up 30%, while product support revenues were effectively unchanged year-over-year. Gross profits were lower for the full year, reflecting tight margins on certain large projects early in the year, combined with unfavorable sales mix of product support revenues to total. Selling and administrative expenses increased 11 percent for the year, reflecting the higher activity and staffing levels, training programs, and facilities-related expenditures related to office moves. Operating income was lower by approximately $1.5 million, reflecting the lower margins on large industrial projects, lower product support mix, and expenses, again, as noted. Bookings for the year were healthy at just under $190 million. Last year, bookings included several large industrial orders, making it a tough comparable. Backlogs at the end of the year were also healthy at 161 million, again lower than last year due to the large industrial orders. However, recreational backlogs were 42% higher, with increases in both Canada and the U.S., reflecting good order intake over the latter part of 2021. Substantially, all of the backlog is expected to be realized as revenue in 2022. However, this is subject to construction schedules, component availability, and potential changes stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. On slide 7, I'd like to touch on a few key financial highlights. Our operating teams with a keen focus on capital employed have continued to proactively manage working capital to reflect activity levels and underlying demand. Accounts receivable aging is trending well and DSO decreased five days from last year, down to 36 days at the end of 2021. Inventory levels were largely unchanged from last year, which were also at a relatively low level. We would expect to see inventory levels increase as supply constraints ease. We ended the year in a strong financial position with ample liquidity, including cash of approximately 917 million an additional $471 million available to us under our existing credit facilities. Our net debt to total capitalization ratio was at minus 16%. Our overall balance sheet is well positioned to support changes in demand as we emerge from the pandemic as supply opens up and as other investment opportunities arise. Also of note, in 2021, we initiated our NCIB program, repurchasing approximately 470,600 shares approximately $50 million worth. Tormont targets a return on equity of 18% over a business cycle. Return on equity was 19.6% for 2021, up from 16.6% for 2020, reflecting the improved earnings year over year. Over the last five years, return on equity has averaged 19.8%. Return on capital employed was 26.6% for 2021, up from 20.4% for 2020. And finally, as announced, the Board of Directors yesterday increased the quarterly dividend by 11.4% to $0.39 per common share. Tormund has paid dividends every year since 1968, and this is the 33rd consecutive year of dividend increases. We continue to be proud of this track record and our disciplined approach to capital allocation. On slide eight, we continue with some key takeaways as we look forward to 2022. We expect the business environment to remain fluid in a number of factors, with a number of factors in play, including inflationary pressures, continued uncertainty with respect to the pandemic, and the related regional and market response required, and of course, the health of the global supply chain. We continue to proactively monitor developments closely, and we stand ready to respond appropriately and refine our business practices accordingly. We will continue to focus on our three key priorities, protecting our employees, serving our customers, and protecting our business for the future. As discussed today, market activity was solid in the quarter and for the year overall. While pandemic and macroeconomic factors have affected customer buying patterns and supply chain pressures have affected delivery of both prime product and parts from suppliers, we continue to work actively with our business partners and suppliers to minimize the impact and support our customers. Across the organization, we are continuing to leverage the learnings from the past year with respect to cost structures and new ways to do business. Our backlog levels are supportive, but delivery schedules are subject to global supply chain constraints for availability, including vendor production constraints. Technician hire remains a top priority to meet demand and to build our team for the future. Operationally and financially, we are well positioned to effectively respond to both customer requirements and market opportunities, leveraging our operating disciplines and culture. It has been another incredibly unique and challenging year, and we appreciate our entire team's exceptional effort and commitment to support our customers during this time. Thanks also to our valued customers, supply partners, and shareholders for their continued support. That concludes our prepared remarks. We'll be pleased to take questions. Eric, over to you to stop the first call, please.
1: Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. And we will take the first question from Jacob Bout from CIBC. Please go ahead. Good morning,
4: Morning, Jacob. My question is on the improvement of margins uh, that we saw in the fourth quarter. Um, Maybe just start off, break down you know, maybe how much of this was mixed, I think you said in your commentary, around 100 basis point versus rental revenues versus equipment margins. And then maybe just talk a bit about the sustainability of of each one of these buckets.
1: Okay,
3: thanks, Jacob. you know, I think it's reflective of sort of the some of all the parts and what took place there in the quarter. Um, as we said, you know, the rental utilization really improved, uh, continued to improve, and um, which we're delighted to see. And particularly, we saw improvement in our with the integration taking place in the Quebec and Maritimes area. So, I mean, we had we had some nice gain there, about five points on utilization. So. That certainly contributed, as did the mix, as uh, Mike outlined in the opening comments. That was about 100 base points. Then you had some good uh, closeouts at, at Simcoe on some of the projects, which was uh, pleased to see that. And then, of course, our, our total value propositions, um, including the um, improvement on CVA offerings Uh, That all all added up to uh, an improved margin. And combined with the unique operating environments, we had some efficiencies operationally that we've been really focused on, particularly, as you recall, last year we had the ERP um, plug-in to get a common platform in most of the equipment group. uh, We got the material handling business done in the fourth quarter, so that'll be good going forward. So, um, you know, we continue to work hard on the operational efficiencies. And... uh, but we had some really favorable operating leverage, again, due to the unique environment. Um, So those are the areas that really, I think, added up when you talk about the sum of all parts.
4: So in your mind, this continues into 2022?
3: I wouldn't want to speculate in this environment on anything right now. There's a lot of variables in play, uh, as as we outlined in those opening comments. You know, you've got... uh, We're still operating... I think eastern Canada is... uh, Demonstrating, um, trying to demonstrate discipline in the COVID environment. And so, you know, there's a lot of factors still in play there. So I, I wouldn't want to speculate. What we're doing is trying to stick to the disciplines, trying to uh, stick to our, our, our core business uh, components and philosophies, operating and improving our efficiencies while, you know, really focused on our customer value propositions. But, you know, I think, I think the team operated it uh, favorably in the quarter. I think it's tough to compare quarter over quarter. I think when we look at, you know, we try and what we've done is take a broader look at how we're performing, and I think if you look at the full year, that's a better view um, because there's a lot of uniqueness in these quarters from an historical basis, uh, quarter over quarter.
4: Okay. Um, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Jacob.
1: Thanks, Jacob. Thank you. The next question will be from Michael Dume from Scotia Bank. Please go ahead.
4: Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Good
1: morning, morning Michael.
4: Uh, <laughs> hey, so it's somewhat of a follow-up to Jacob's question, but on a like-for-like basis, you know, SG&A declined 8%, and the md reads as though there were several moving parts. And Scott, you mentioned I think there is some movement within the quarters as well. I mean, how should or how much should we read into that? Um, you know, particularly in the context of you know the the inflationary pressures that we're, we're across the, the economy,
2: maybe maybe just to start on that, Michael, thanks for thanks for that. I think you know a couple things to mention i with with the pandemic and call it the extension of some of the safety protocols and you know constraints that we all operate under, I think you know what we're saying is you know we've learned a lot through the pandemic we're also still restricting some of the discretionary spend, right, and so the operating leverage we're seeing is, is partly a function of that as well. Um, there are two things, really, I would say, you know, or three things, you know, what we've learned and how we're operating more efficiently and effectively. The second thing, I think, is is what I just mentioned, the pandemic, and uh, some of the restrictions that we're managing and navigating very carefully through, you know, and then you know, I think the other piece is, is you know, there's certainly inflationary factors coming into play, and I don't think anybody's re- realized those affect like, completely. And so, you know, I think through the course of the next year or two, depending on how the macroeconomic conditions change, we would likely see some additional inflationary factors over time, right? So um, so that kind of gives you some backdrop, but I think the team has done a very good job of, of uh, you know, managing costs very effectively. And in um, trying to make sure that we preserve some of those learnings.
4: That's great, color. Um, and the second question, maybe a little bit of a nitpicky question, but can you provide some color as to why inventories increased sequentially, which isn't typical, I guess, for Q4? And again, equipment availability remained tight, and backlog increased. I mean, is that explained by mix? You know, maybe more parts versus equipment. Any color there would be great. Yeah, I,
3: th- I think. Well. Part of it is, you know, um, we when you there's so many moving parts in there. So part of it was like, you know, we we had a significant amount of slippage in terms of our estimated deliveries in the quarter and what took place and slipped in the 2020. Some of it was we couldn't we couldn't get iron through the shops because we were waiting on some components and parts when we're getting iron ready to ship. So that's part of it. So you've got a bit of a build there. Um, we did see some increase on the RPO inventory, but again, it, it was up. I think almost 10 million, but still historically very low. Right? I mean, we're used to seeing coming into the fourth quarter 80, 90 million dollars of RPO, but the RPO revenue increased, I think, over 10 percent, and that reflects some increase there in the um, inventory on a comparable basis to last year. Um, so you've got some, some, and WIP was up slightly, so, you know, again, it's a lot of different factors in there, but, uh, you know, that that inventory um, traditionally in Q4 de- declines, as you're saying, but, you know, there's still it's, it's, uh, just unique environment right now with variables.
4: Yeah, no, it makes sense. And just as a follow-up, I mean, were those factors, Evenly across the quarter, or did they worsen at
3: some point through the quarter? Just to get a little bit of color there. Sorry, I missed that, oh, Michael. In terms of
4: yeah, just in terms of the slippage and the components coming a little bit late, I'm just wondering if that played you know quite evenly across the quarter, or if that was felt a little bit more towards the end of the quarter.
3: Towards the towards the end, I mean, usually we, you know, we build through that quarter in, ter- in terms of deliveries, and you know, it was a. Uh, on a historical basis, I mean, it was it was a lot higher than normal on that slippage, both on our our larger iron and our small iron. So we felt it in the rental services business as well as the, the heavy equipment. So, you know, and then some some jobs, even the, the rebuild activity was strong throughout the year, and that that softened because we we just we were waiting on some some parts and components.
4: Yeah, that makes sense in this environment. All
1: right, guys, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The next question will be from Yuri Link from Canacord Genuity. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Good morning.
4: Um, just wondering if, if, if it's your sense that your, your competitors are facing the same parts availability issues, or do you feel you might be at risk at losing some, some parts market share given the, the constraints?
3: Well, this is where we're, we're doing a better job. Uh, tracking our data uh, coming off the units, and I, I, I think we're, you know, I think everybody's feeling feeling the same uh, pressures. Um, we were we were pleased with uh, when we look at our overall performance, uh, parts and service. I think, you know, I think the team did originally a reasonably good job on that front. Um, when you look at the activity levels, so you know, we're, um, I mean, if you look at it, like rebuilds, we're very focused strategically on our rebuilds and, you know, overall for the year on a unit basis, we were up 45%. There was some, uh, slowing a bit, even though we were still up on a quarter over quarter basis, about 30% plus, but you know, because we were, we had to wait for components and some things and, and even some of the, the fast moving parts, uh, you know, we had got into some tightness there. So, um, I think we've been performing reasonably well there. I mean, the service numbers were coming up in the quarter. Good, that shows we're we're continuing to hire um, and and, uh, be able to meet those demand signals. Uh, But the service was up more than the parts, and I think that's reflective of of some of these constraints.
4: Okay, that's helpful. Um, Just to to SG&A, you're in absolute dollars. You're, You're kind of back to pre pandemic levels in, in 2021 <coughs> albeit on higher revenue um can you just talk about how, how you feel you're scaled here for to, to handle um, additional revenue in 2022 um, you know is there is there a bit of slack in, in your overhead to handle additional revenue it does look like you're, you're running pretty lean at this point so just wondering if you can comment on um, you know operating leverage and, and the ability to continue to drive that that ratio to sales uh, lower uh, as we go through the years
0: here. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs, and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. Right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think a couple of things i would mention there just to start and, and Scott will have some color too. I think as you look at our numbers, certainly we put a lot of focus on the discretionary aspect of our spend, right? And so when you look at, you know, I'd say from a staffing level, I mean, we've worked really hard um, to help our people through the pandemic. Uh, you know, we initially used some different programs and things, but, you know, we bridged benefits and did everything we could to retain our people. And so from a staffing level... Managing our costs that way, you know, we're, we're really looking at the long term and preserving our our support for the future as we as we work our way through it. So what you are seeing there really is a function of, you know, more the discretionary side of the business and how we're going to operate, manage that type of cost structure at this point. And as I mentioned earlier on the call, we, you know, we expect we're going to spend more on, you know, travel and training and some other things um, as uh, conditions ease, and we can get out a little bit more effectively. But we are targeting lower levels because of what we've learned and how we use technology and things like that. So, so it's really a function of uh, a couple of those factors.
3: Yeah, and I think you know Mike's right. We um, we always try to be attentive over over the long term, um, particularly with our skilled labor requirements. And that we were pleased that we were able to get some some traction in, in there last year with some increases. But um, we're also very focused, you know, that having that common platform, I think, helped out a bit last year. We still have some work in there, but um, that helped in some of these SDNA factors as well with some of the operating efficiencies. I mean, we really have been working hard, particularly in some of these, like material handling business, and uh, there was some progress there um in some of our other parts and service areas that needed to improve. So there was a bit of that and again a lot of different variables on the, the S G and A, but it is it was a favorable, as Mike alluded to on the discretionary. I think our teams have showed a lot of discipline in there. And uh, there's been some favorable operating leverage in there as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Okay, another good quarter guys.
1: Congrats. Thank you. Thanks very so much. Thank you. The next question is from Sherilyn Radburn from TD Securities. Please go ahead.
5: Thanks very much and good morning. Good Um, morning, Sherilyn. I was hoping you could give us a bit more color on the supply chain constraints that the company is experiencing and how they compare it in Q4 versus Q3 and how you would characterize them sort of versus prior cycles.
3: Okay, well that okay, I'll start with Q4 a bit. So we, we saw, um, I'd say, some further tightening because we saw that slip, that there was, you know, the slippage occurred, right? And, that, and that's reflective in the backlog a bit as well, and right? Um, when, when we experienced that in Q4. Um, you know, I, I'm actually, I think we applied our teams. Our teams have been working very closely with all our supply partners throughout the year, and that's why there was a, you know, it's be careful isolating q4 because there was you know we saw that shift in buying pattern from a historical basis that really so we you know there was some softening in industry activity in q4 um, so so but our teams worked hard with our supply partners to really get a hold of the demand signals uh, so when you look at it overall through the year i mean i applaud what our supply partners did to help us meet those demands but um There was some further tightening in q4 and um you know but we continue to work work hard on that on historical when you compare it to cycles um that that's an interesting question and i I tell you i haven't really thought about it on historical i mean you you and i both been around a while and uh so this one is unique right uh in some ways uh, with a pandemic right and because there's it's added some complexities uh, with with both our, our employees and um, how we're managing through shutdowns and things of that nature that are, are, are you know, there's, it's very variable. So I don't know how to compare it on a historical other than I, I think both our, our teams um, worked well with our supply partners to try and meet these demands as best we could. Um, but, you know, there was some, some tightening in that quarter.
5: Okay. Um, what um, impact, if any, um, did the Omicron wave have on your operations during the quarter, and those of your customers? You know, whether as a result of absenteeism or other factors.
3: Yeah, we we started to see a bit of it. Um, you know, um, again, it's a very fluid environment with, with the with the COVID situation. So I think we we continue to operate with eyes wide open. We're trying to maintain disciplines here and, um, you know, protect our employees. That's been our, our mantra from, from day one. Um, so, I mean, that remains a very fluid environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just, just on that too,
2: Sherilyn, I, you know, as as we look at Q4, it was starting to build, you know, Omicron was becoming more prevalent. It, you know, you'd say that, you know, the peaks I think that you've seen publicly and stuff have hit really in January, February, um, you know, and it's an interesting dynamic. We we've maintained strong protocols all the way through, like Scott mentioned, to, to protect our employees and protect our customers, frankly, and just make sure we're there to provide service. And so, you know, I'd say from that perspective, the team has done a really nice job of of really being disciplined and and, and safe. Um, but, you know, we are seeing yeah, certainly we are seeing uh, more cases, shorter duration on average. But you know, we expect to see some absenteeism as we go into this year until it until this particular strain tapers off and we see what happens after that.
5: And if I could sneak in a last one. Um I assume that mining um relates to the backlog that now stretches into twenty twenty three. So it'd be great if you could give us some color on just the composition of the mining backlog by commodity and by geography as it stands today.
3: Yeah, it's uh well we're we're more diverse in there now with uh, our um, integration and um, but it, we're still you know we're seeing we' in that backlog we saw good activity in gold but there's there's also uh, some activity in other the um, nickel and in uh, iron ore so there's a bit of a mix there but uh, gold was solid in that, that backlog but construction is is also quite prevalent in that backlog as well uh so so we're we're kind of pleased that it's it it's um it's spread out a bit even in power so um so that's good
2: yeah like and and you'll note that we've we do have we do give some color there um and you mentioned the mining piece, which is you know round numbers thirty thirty one percent of the backlog roughly speaking and um when you look at the backlog that's there today, i think we note in the equipment side uh, about eighty five percent of that's expected you know course, dependent on availability and so forth, but dep- it's expected to be fulfilled within the year. The balance of that goes into 23 and, and would uh, relate primarily to mining, right? So gives you a bit of flavor there. I think, you know, construction is about 45, 46% of that backlog number as well.
5: Helpful. Thank you. I'll turn it over.
1: Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you. The next question is from Brian Fast from Raymond James. Please go ahead.
6: Yeah, good morning, guys.
1: Good morning, Mark.
6: Just on rental, uh, we saw strength this quarter. uh, And has it performed in line with your expectations? And then maybe what kind of investment do you see to get your fleet size to where you want it to be?
3: Okay, that's a good question, Brian. Um, We were very pleased as we progressed through the year. Um, Our teams have been working very hard on you know, how we look at the and assess the utilization on the different product families. And that's in our rental services business, our heavy rents, our power and material handling, where strategically we really had to work through a complete reset in there as well. So, um, you know, I, I think we've improved. The efficiencies have improved. Still ways to go in the utilization. we were very satisfied with the improved utilization as the year progressed. That said, it's been, you know, we're, we might be a bit unique because we have strategically such a strong a strategic view and in investment strategy on the rental throughout all the different businesses. Um, it's been a balance, you know, with this tight supply on fleet allocation as well as meeting retail, and that's a might be a bit unique for us. And you know how things are balancing out here. I think the teams have done a nice job balancing those demand signals with our supply partners, but. I mean, we we were tight on fleet uploads, you know, uh, trying to balance these these uh, both factors of retail and rental fleet uploads. So, I I think overall the team did a, a reasonably good job in there, and we're we're pleased with the progress we're we're seeing now um, on our rental business.
6: Okay, thanks. That's good color. Um, and then maybe as you reflect on the last couple of years and the pressures you have faced on the supply side. Um, will this change the way you approach inventory management going forward, or are there any learnings that you are able to take away?
3: Yeah, so we uh, it's a combination of um, you know i think I think we've always tried to be a good uh, showing good discipline on the asset management, um, and uh, when we try and be opportunistic uh, relative to demand signals, but both on new used and how we look at rebuild activities and rentals. The, um, but there is some learnings in there. I think also we're assessing data better than we we did a couple of years ago, um, and how we we work with our suppliers on ordering our parts, and uh, being better uh, providers of demand signals to our supply chain through the data points that we're monitoring closely, and as well as you know how we look at customers' fleet aging. We got better information there. So so I, th- I think. You know that's an area we continue to focus on with our investments in our digital strategies, um, and, and we continue to build on on that strategy as well. I mean we, you know we're, we saw some uh, continued improvement in our CVA activity as well as. Um, our, how we're monitoring our parts flow so yeah those are all areas that we continue to look at strategically
2: yeah you know a couple a couple things too <coughs> brian just mentioned uh, sort of elaborate on what scott mentioned when we look at what we've pandemic aside uh for a year now we've been on tdms on our on our platform for the uh, tormont cat business with quebec and maritimes that's given us that visibility scott talks about the ability to to optimize better. Plus, we're, we're still working the integration, right, and working with the teams on that side of things. So that's been helpful. But outside of that, you know, two businesses that have done a really nice job on the inventory side in the interim have been like in the material handling side um, and also in the Ag West business. And so both of those businesses have really done a nice job managing their inventories. And those are, of course, smaller pieces for us within the equipment group. But, you know, we've taken the opportunity during this time to to really work on those businesses and the teams have done a nice job. So I would say, you know, there's better optimization across the business units, partly due to systems but also the, you know, the focus that the team has put on it. And um, you know, again, the third piece may be, you know, as we look at some of the new opportunities in mining spaces and things like that, we often with CVAs and, and things, we'll we'll invest uh, to partner with those customers for the long-term and provide long-term service agreements. So. You know, we would expect to be, you know, strategically investing and partnering with those folks as well.
6: Okay, thanks. Very good color. That's it for me. Once
1: thanks again. Brian. Once again. Please press star one on your device keypad if you have a question. And the next question is from Maxine Saichev, National Bank Financial. Please go ahead.
7: Hi, good morning, gentlemen.
1: Good morning, Max. Um, I
7: I just have a couple of uh, quick ones, if I may. Um, So, uh, Scott, when uh, I I look at the language in terms of, uh, you know, some of the the equipment deliveries were brought forward and then there was obviously slippage at the back end. I I don't know if you can quantify this. uh, Is it like sort of 40-60, 60-40 in terms of how that played out for the entirety of the year? So we can just uh, try to think about calibration on the going-forward basis.
3: Well, kind of difficult to break it down, but I'll give you some color on, like, there was a combination of, again, that first half, particularly in the second quarter, from a historical basis, that industry activity was incredibly strong, and then, so as the year progressed, and we expected it, it, because it was such a heated uh, market, and I was pleased that we were able to meet um, those demands recently well with the iron that we had um, ordered. Um, In the fourth quarter, there was some some softness that came in. I think the overall industries were down, you know, almost 10%. So there was some softness in there. But we were pleased, again, that, you know, our bookings on the equipment side were still up in the the quarter 10%. But, um, you know, in terms of the the slippage, um, it was mainly on the the new units, um, both on some of the the general construction products as well as the... um, Smaller uh, products, so um, CCE. But um, you know, (laughs) there's just a lot of moving parts in there, and uh, you know, we we just—I think we we did as best we could um, with our suppliers, um, but there there was delivery slippage, and uh, for various factors, and uh, you know, it shifted in. You see that you see some of it in the backlog, but um, you know. That's what took place.
7: Yeah, for sure. And and I guess just in terms of maybe again thinking forward a little bit, has that dynamic um, accelerated throughout, um, especially as you know as you mentioned, on the picked up uh, its pace in, in in Jan and well I guess what February already, or or the learnings that you have had uh, in late Q four sort of um, moderated a little bit. So h- how should we think about that?
3: Well, I think it was. You know, again, we we were thinking we were going to deliver more, uh, particularly on the the new product uh, in the quarter. Um, so it it began to tighten a little more as the quarter progressed. But um, again, we're working hard with our suppliers on the, on the demand signals. And uh, you know, I, th- I think it's been stated throughout the industry that it's it's a very fluid environment on that front with with many factors. And uh, so we'll see we'll see how things. Um, play out here but we are pleased with that backlog i mean that backlog i think represents a bit of the slippage as well as you know some some good execution with uh providing good customer value propositions and uh so that's reflective in there as as well the efforts yeah, 100%. for 2021
7: yeah 100 percent. and then uh, given obviously the, the state of of the balance sheet um, I'm just curious if you have um, sort of an updated thought process around, you know, continuing to invest via M&A versus, you know, return potentially off capital. Obviously, you've become a bit more active on the CIB, but just trying to see if your thoughts or priorities have shifted at all uh, given all the moving parts that we're seeing right now. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, good. Uh, there's a couple, couple things. I think, you know, first and foremost, I don't think. Um, Our approach and our thinking process, our discipline around capital allocation, really has changed. Um, It's, it's, you know, first and foremost, Max. We will be focusing on supporting the business requirements, right? Investing organically, supporting availability and reinvestment in the balance sheet to a certain degree. Like on the on the inventory side, we certainly have said that we would be, you know, investing more there as availability uh, is there to to put some capital to work, and so. We've now lapped a, lo- a reasonably low inventory level, and we, we expect to see that come back up over time. We'll support growth in the business, of course, as opportunities come up. Um, you know, and I think, um, again, we'll, we'll be looking at a very disciplined approach and projects on a return basis. Uh, we, we haven't deviated from that. And then sitting on, you know, I guess we're sitting on a cash balance right now, uh, which is pretty reasonable, but, you know, we're a pretty patient company, and so we'll look at opportunities. Integration is the other piece that, we're, you know, we've done a lot of work on the QM business. We continue to work through that. That's been a real priority for us throughout, and uh, we're, you know, I'd say in the battlefield side and so forth, we still have a couple of years to get to full cycle there. There'll be some more investment going in um, as we optimize that fleet as well, and so those will be the priorities first and foremost
3: yeah I think you know that rental fleet again we've been that's been a tough environment to manage over the last few years, Max and we we would like to have been investing more in there in certain areas and and uh, not just in the rental services business but some of the other businesses like TMh and uh, and the heavy and the power. So we're going to be very focused on there in terms of capital allocation again, some of it depends on on availability and that balance between shifting from retail to rental. But we, we like the rental business strategically, right? And we think uh, it's a growing market, and we've got to invest in there. So that's uh, that's important. We also need to invest in our product support, continue to uh, n- not, and that's a combination of not just investing in, um, in the old bricks and mortar, but investing in our uh, digital and, and IT environment to uh, take that to the next level and how we operate differently. So there, there's some areas in there that we're strategically focused on, and um, you know, historically we've we've kept our powder dry at times, and um, you know, it's a unique environment. But we, you know, we we continue to look at different things that uh, might complement uh, some areas, but uh, you know, we're very focused on the organic growth opportunities that we see right now. Yeah, yeah. okay, make
1: sense. Of think- capital you. Think- Align to that.
7: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, th-
1: thanks a lot. Thanks, Mark Thank you. The next question is from Sabahat Khan with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.:
6: All right, thanks and good morning. Um, I guess good there's morning. been a lot of there's been a lot of discussion around the inventory position and it looks like demand is obviously strong given the backlog. but maybe can you comment on you know the mix of Demand or the type of products reflected in your equipment backlog and the inventory that you have, or you're expecting, is there a, is it more a matter of volume or maybe if you can comment on the type of products that customers are looking for versus what you're able to get your hands on, you know, how's that matching up?
3: Well, the, you know, there is a mix in there. I mean, obviously, um, but it's a mix with construction, mining, power. Um, even at uh, simco and uh, even in our smaller we even have a backlog in there on our small compact equipment which we you know you normally don't see it at that level for 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 a year end so there there is a, a mix in there uh in the backlog um you know we were very fortunate to secure some some large orders as well in uh, the mining space uh, so that the um adds up on the dollar side but uh so I, I think, you know, overall we're pleased with that backlog and how it is balanced through the different areas. And, um, you know, now we got to go, you got to execute that backlog. So that's where our focus will be uh, as well.
6: Okay, thanks. And then there's some interesting comments earlier around. You said you maybe want to spend some more, you know, I just want to get a bit of clarification on the digital commentary. Is it more a matter of maybe investing a bit more to get better demand signals or is it maybe spending a bit more time, you know, just better understanding of the data that you have on hand, just to understand um, just kind of what's happening out in the field. Just a bit more color on that, please.
3: Yeah, both. I mean, it's it's um, managing the data flow off uh, equipment, and that's all our, our all our businesses. In understanding, you know, utilization factors, uh, predictive analytics, things of that nature that help us be better service and solution providers to our customers. We're very focused on that. We saw, you know, we continue to make progress on our connected assets and our, our online buying, so that and, uh, and then, you know, getting into investing in new platforms and how we connect with uh, different, uh, different channels, uh, go-to-market channels with our customers. So, you know, that's, that's a key strategic area, and uh, we're, we're being uh, attentive to that area as well. But, you know, we have to – one thing we, we, we like to go prove it, and that's what we're doing. I mean, we can talk about how many assets we got connected and
6: all these good things, but it's about what we do with it, so that's what we're focused on. Okay, great, And then just one last kind of quick follow up there. You know you obviously rolled out a lot of systems and undertook some integration with the Hewitt platform. Are you finding that you know the visibility to the digital data there and the fleet utilization, et cetera, is it at similar levels between Ontario and Quebec, or is there maybe a little bit more work to do on the Quebec side as you know the folks here ramp up on the new tools that they have? Just in terms of getting kind of visibility and what's happening in the field.
3: Yeah, well, we've got much better visibility now that we got that done that, and I, again, I applaud our teams. I mean, we did that in a pandemic, we, we, you know, it's hard to move around and I'm just really, you know, and, and it was a successful integration. I think everybody knows the complexities of those things and the investments. So I'm really pleased with that. So last year we did get better visibility and on a more consistent level. And uh, so that, that helped in some of the operating efficiencies. Again, we got to continue to work on executing that. Um, in terms of the how that transcends into the digital strategies with our Quebec and Maritimes, yeah, we're I think we're on a more even playing field now. Um, we're getting better intel off the uh, from the uh, equipment, but uh, so so that's encouraging. And uh, and even on our material handling, I mean, we just got the plug-in done on the common ERP on material handling business in Q4, which is good because that, that's that been very complex to operate. I mean, we were at one point on three different platforms, so a lot of heavy lifting in there, and uh, we're, we're delighted that that's uh, now in a much better spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think importantly just
2: on that point too that Scott mentioned, Saba, is, uh, I mean, the support staff. I mean, they're not spending time putting stuff together. They're, they're able now to spend time looking at the platform, supporting the business more productively, right? And so those are... Those are not maybe digital, but process efficiencies are starting to take hold, and that's been that's been helpful going into the year
6: now. <clears throat> Perfect. Great. Thanks very much for the color.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
6: Thank
1: you. There are no further questions registered at this time. I would now like to turn the meeting back over to Mr. Michael McMillan.
2: Great. Thank you very much, Eric, and thanks to everyone for the participation today. That concludes our call. Please be safe and have a great day. Thanks again.
1: Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation.